Hi, everybody. Uh, Noel here from Recruiting Daily, and I uh, have uh, a seat I'm taking from uh, Jackie Clayton, who has to actually travel for some family matters. And um, I'm very excited to be here because I've talked to Dean for, for years now. He's been working with us for years now. And, uh, you know, as you might know, if you uh, don't know, he's an expert in the field of sourcing and recruiting, uh, working for some of the biggest countries, uh, biggest companies in the country. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest countries. And uh, he, he's a magician. Uh, he does a ton of work with SourceCon. Um, you know, he's always fabulous on our webinars. He gives you some real, um, you know, real world techniques. I'm going to ask him some questions. We're going to get into some of the tools we talked about last week and recently, try to find out what's on his mind for 2018. Uh, we have um, an area where you can put questions right in. If you put those in, I promise I'll ask them or I'll get, at least get them to Dean so we can get back to you. Uh, if you have any questions for me, please go right ahead also. Um, so uh, here's Dean. Dean, how are you today? I'm doing pretty good. Everything's going well. It's sunny here in Seattle, believe it or not. That's a bonus, right? <laughs> yeah. You can count the number of days we have sun on one hand usually. <laughs> Um, and everyone following along, if you uh, want to do tweets, please uh, hashtag rdaily. That'd be great. Um, again, if you, I'll try to find your questions there, or I'll try to find them in the question box, or however you send them along to me. Now, it looks like we have everyone filling in here uh, right now. So I'm seeing those numbers come through, Dean. And I thought, why don't just to get started while people are still checking in? Um, can you give me a little bit of an idea just of, um, why don't you tell me, tell us the story of how you got into sourcing and recruiting. Like, we're, I'm sure you didn't do like all of us and go to school for recruiting and sourcing. No, actually. <laughs> it, started, it started in the military. Uh, the last couple of years before I got out of the military, um, it was a couple of years after the Persian Gulf War, and there, we had too many people, and they were starting to let people out. And um, I was... Um, getting ready to get out medically um, and so uh, a bunch of us me and about two or three other guys we started thinking about well all these people are getting out a lot of them don't know how to make resumes a lot of them don't know how to look for jobs and and wouldn't know where to look and we started saying you know what let's let's talk to the office that's supposed to be helping them and see what they're doing so we did and they were doing some stuff but not a lot and so we actually got involved with the office and we started helping them write resumes we started going out there and looking who's hiring for the skill sets that these people have and started hey you know we got military people here here's a couple of you know so basically um, you know trying to place them um, that program actually uh, became ACAP was the Army Career Alumni Program which became what the program is now for all the military to help them find jobs when they get out uh, so that's how I got my first taste and then when I got out of the military and moved up to Seattle I got my first recruiting job working for a company called ECA Engineering Corporation of America um, and uh, they just wanted to hire somebody that was military because they like, you know, the hard working and all that, which is great. And so I got hired, got to my office, which ended up being a big office with a few people. And they said, there's your desk, start recruiting. I'm like, excuse me? You want any hints, any training, any anything? And they're like, nope, figure it out. And they did. Um, but you got to remember, that was back in the day where we didn't have LinkedIn. We didn't have um, Facebook. I mean, we literally, Munster was the big boy on the block and we had to place ads not on the web but in something called a newspaper and when we right and when we received resume they weren't via email they were via a fax machine and not these little fax machines or your computer we're talking about these big 100 pound machines right. so and if we wanted to share a file we had to put it on a disk and run it over there we called that sneaker where you had to put your sneakers on to run it over to the person that needs to file so it was a long time ago not to get too in depth on it, but when I started too, I remember the first day I sat at a desk and they give me a little bit of like script training, things like that. And there was a pile, I mean, like that high on my desk. Mm -hmm. and it's, okay, 
call those people. Talk. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know what you find out. Take notes. And yeah. that's how it all started. Now, Dean, I wanted to ask you, um, some of the work you're doing now, what, 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 what would you say your area of expertise is right now? Where are you recruiting the most? Uh, well, first you got to understand what I do, and the nature of what I do is significantly different than probably most people in the recruiting industry. I'm a research technologist, which is a fancy way of saying I find what no one else can find. Now, what does that mean? That means, Dean, we got this really hard thing. We can't find anybody that does it. Go find it. And that could be job developers with top security clearances who have CISSPs, and uh, which, by the way, for those of you that don't know, those Java and CISSP, yeah, they don't go together. CISSP is for networking, uh, and some other skills that don't go together. Um, and so that's about it. Or they'll say, hey, Dean, here's a list of 10 names. We know they're in our industry. That's all we know. Could you find out where they are, who they are, f contact information, stuff like that? Funny story, because it happened to me a year ago. They gave me a list, and I gave, and a couple of days later, I gave them back a list. I gave them five people with all the contact information, their title, where they're working. They were perfect. And the other five, I only gave them Google Earth map URLs to the plot because they were dead and evidently nobody knew they were dead and they've been dead for like five years. I'm like, so you're at, you're, you are we going to have a seance to bring them back to work for us? Cause Lord knows we ain't going to do it any other way. Um, that actually got some people in trouble for wasting money and time, but that was, a, that's another story. But anyway, so that's part of what I do. I pr literally find what no one's crying. Got a list of people. We need contact information. Find it. Um, hardest of the hard. Yeah, I'm, I'm a certified ethical hacker, so I get to do that kind of game. And, and I mean, I, even the cyber guys, will come to me sometimes with questions about different things. Not that I know more than them, it's just I think differently than they do. Uh, because your, I'm a recruiter. What is the hardest thing for you to source? The hardest thing for me to source right now, um, truthfully, is probably the Java people with security clearance because there's only a finite number of them. There's about 4,200 of them, and we know them all. <laughs> they know and, you. Well, they don't know me, but they know the company, that's for sure. But uh, they're probably the hardest because there's 4,200. A few go away. They don't renew their clearance or whatever. A few new ones come in because they, they only give out so many. So it's kind of like if some go away, they'll give more. If some don't, vice versa. So that's probably the hardest, mainly just because we, we just know everybody. Um, cyber people are hard only because they're cyber people. They're not all. They're not usually in the normal place. They're not all on. You know, there's a percentage on LinkedIn, but most of them aren't. So they're really hard to find. Okay. Now, um, what you we should start with too is tell us just what what boards are you on? You're on some advisory boards. Um, oh godly. <laughs> just give us your you know top five or you know you don't have to go through all. Like. Well, defining boards. I'm on the sourcing seven which is a sourcing community up here. I'm a member of their board, which I'm really proud of, a great organization. I'm part of several committees with SourceCon mm -hmm. um, to help. Now, as far as boards for um, other things, um, I'm, on, I'm in ATAP, which is, you know, everybody should know what ATAP is. I forget the acronym stands for off the top of my head, but basically it's a, it's a nationwide organization about recruiting where we're trying to standardize things. So there'll, you won't get any more emails saying, hi, my name is this, and I'm looking for two male Oracle developers and unpaid overtime is required. You won't get any, by the way, two things in there are illegal, the male and the unpaid overtime. You won't get any more of that because we're going to standardize and have, hey, these are the way things are supposed to be done. Let's start doing it the right way. And there'll be ramifications if you don't. Mm -hmm. um, so that, um, those are probably the biggies outside of tools and stuff like that where I'm, oh, you know, literally I'm an informal or formal advisor for probably 80% of the tools that are out there. 
And what that and basically what fancy way me of that means is I the tool, I test it, I play with it, I break it, I tell them how to fix it, and then I keep coming up with ideas to make it better. Not for me, for everybody. Because the more of them we have, the more of them that can do the job we need them to do, the better off we are. And the and the and and, and the less less dependent we are on certain tools that think they're the end all be all that we all know and love or hate, depending on your point of view. I'm trying not to say it. <laughs> Don't want to use the L word. <laughs> so let me ask you. Um, uh, let's see. What What is your recommendation? If someone's If someone's getting into sourcing recruiting right now, um, what do you recommend they spend their time doing? On their learning, own, experts. Learning, field. learning the basics. All these tools are great, but the thing that I hope everybody realizes there's not one tool out there that does something I can't do without the tool. What the tool does is save me time. Mm -hmm. I can find people on LinkedIn without going on LinkedIn just by x-raying in. So can everybody else. Mm -hmm. And I'll find what I need. And it might take me 20 minutes, let's say, to find 100 people I really like. There are tools out there that can take that 20 minutes down to five minutes. Why wouldn't you use them? That's 15 minutes. Do you have any clue what I can do with 15 minutes of my life? What you all don't really see is I have a computer there I got this one here, I got that one there, I've got that one there, I've got two of them sitting right there. And normally, on a normal workday, they're all out, and I'm just going computer to computer getting stuff done. In 15 minutes, in 15 minutes, I found 3,500 people for to, to be invited to an event for Lockheed Martin. So in 15 minutes, I can do a lot. <laughs> Anybody can do a lot, not just me, everybody. So the tools are designed to do it, but you also want to make sure you have the right basic skills in case the tools go away, the tools come go. You want to know how to x-ray, you want to know Boolean, you want to you want to be able to think like a detective and follow the breadcrumbs. Oh, I'm on LinkedIn, there's no content for me. Oh, this tool tells me he's on Facebook. Oh, let's go to Facebook. Oh, no, oh, this tool says he has no web page. Oh, go on the web page. Oh, there's no content for me. But put this into um, whatever, what is the name of this tool right here because I got a new one. Who Put it in who is and oh, look, there's this phone number and email. But a lot of people don't. They just jump in and don't learn Boolean, point in case what I was just saying, the last um, conference I was at, 80% of the people didn't know how to spell x-ray. You know, other than like, it's a, what a doctor does. You know, that's not what I was talking about. Um, so, learn the basics. And then, wow, Alexa picked up something I just said back there. Um, <laughs> besides learning the basics, don't become a database recruiter. But don't be afraid to mine the hidden gold in your own ATS and CRM. That's another huge mistake people make. They ignore, well, they applied six months ago. They're probably not in some or they, they applied eight months ago. Or, well, they, 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 I got the, uh, they sent the resume in three years ago. Oh, they weren't a fit. They didn't have enough experience. Well, that was three years ago. They may have enough now. You might want to call them. These are people who already showed up. Yeah, they've already, they've already shown an interest in wanting to do something. Go there first. Exactly. Always go there first. Then you travel outside of it. Um, those people are low-hanging fruit. A good sourcing plan always attacks low-hanging fruit, mid-hanging fruit, and depending on your situation, high-hanging. Now, let me define. Low-hanging are people who are actively looking, who have usually applied. They're on job boards, but they, they're less than six months old, because after six months, you don't know what the heck's going on. They're fairly known commodities. The mid-hanging fruit is when you start getting into uh, job boards that the people on there are more than six months old, LinkedIn, um, because you really don't know for sure they might say they're looking, you really don't know, and stuff like that. And then the high-hanging fruit are your um, user groups, news groups, um, uh, 
organizations like IEEE, um, people you just find searching on the net, uh, people who speak at conferences, and that's because there's nothing known. You really don't know anything. Oh, John Doe, yeah, he spoke at a Java conference. He says he's a developer. Okay, that's all you know. So that's like nothing. Um, so that's the way you want to do it. Um, those and so, but you got to understand the the law of diminishing returns is going to be that the the that um, high hanging fruit. If you contact 100 people, you might only get two people that reply back to you. But those two people are probably going to be pretty darn good because you've done a lot of due diligence to find them. In the mid hanging, you'll probably get about, depending on how good you are at writing your emails or or phones, you might get 40% reply rate. The bottom, you should get at least 70. I know with the email that I use, and I've tested it through a lot of tools that can tell you how good your email is, I get about a 90% reply rate on email. I get almost an 80% reply rate on in-mails and LinkedIn. What's your favorite email tool? Like, what, what do you use for uh, It's not one tool. There's a series of tools that together do, do the Texio. Expensive, but it's a great tool. And I find that it does a really good job of letting you know how good that, that, that email is. But it doesn't do everything. So as an example, um, my wife, as an example, um, so you go Texio. Then another tool that's out there is a tool that's called Joblint. And what it does is it lets you know, is there anything in here that could offend women, could offend men, could offend people of different races, colors, religions, and so like that. And that's good because you'd be surprised how many people write an email thinking, hey, we're good to go, but Joblin finds something, and then you're like, yeah, I can see how that would offend somebody. And you don't want to offend people. Then you got to look at your readability score because a lot of times people are getting these emails on their mobile devices while they're moving. And if you write it at a master's level and there's a word in there that has 18 billion syllables, they'll just say, screw it, I'm not reading it now, or I'll read it later, or they'll just get rid of it. So you want to read at the right level. Statistics show eighth grade is the right level. And so there's a tool out there that will tell you the readability score of your email. But now there's another thing to take into account. You also got to take into account automation. What that means is a lot of people say, I'm not going to say, Google, read my email. Or Alexa, read my email. I had to say that quiet so she doesn't hear me. I have one over here. Or Cortana, read my email, or whatever. Well, hmm. statistically speaking, anything over a sixth grade level they struggle with. So you want it about a sixth grade level um, for, for automated reading. And there's a site out there, it's readability score, readability-score, I believe, .com, and it tells you that which is great. Then there's two other things you need to do. You need to see what is the read, what is the engagement level. And there's Mosaic Track has a great tool which tells you the engagement level of email. The one I created is 99%. There is no 100. So it's about as engaging as you're going to get. And that's good. And then finally, you need to make sure you don't get caught in spam. A lot of emails get caught in spam. Anything, there's a, there's a website out there. It's spam score. And I've done a lot of research. So if it's anything five or above, on their scoring is going to get caught in spam. It's what spam means is they person you're trying to send to ain't getting it. And it's the further away from five, the better it is. The best you can get is 0.02, which is what my email got. And I know it's the best because I called them saying, because hey, I played an hour. I got to get it lower. Got to get it lower. I just want to see if I could. And they're like, you're wasting your time. It doesn't go any lower. I'm like, okay, well, you could have told me that an hour ago when I, but whatever. So, so you know, people who just write an email and go really are messing up. And FYI, there are a lot more jobs than people. So this, I work for here, and we have a job for you. You should call us. You can help us do this. Yeah, well, reality check. They don't want to know about what they can do for you. They want to know about what you can do for them. It's all about, you know, you you got to get their attention. you got a second, yep. two seconds. Yep. One thing I did when I worked for HP on LinkedIn, I did it as a trial, and it was hilarious. Back when I worked for HP, 
Tom, um, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady were the top two quarterbacks, well-known, MVPs, everything. Um, so I put, are you the Tom Brady of Java development? It was hilarious, the reply. I, I got replies from people that, hey, I'm not interested, but that's really cool. <laughs> that's a really cool thing. We talked a little bit, and they weren't interested. Sometimes, sometimes I talked them into it. Other times, but I always got references from them. <laughs> they got your name. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta you gotta remember when you send out an email. There's different stages of wins. Just because they're not interested doesn't mean it's a loss. If they're interested, that's a win, obviously. If they're not interested but they know people who are interested and give you names, that's a win. Because if they're a good job developer, they're gonna know good job developers. And if they don't do either, but they're willing to connect with you on LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever. Okay, mm -hmm. let's think about it. If they have, if they're connected to three thousand people and they're a Java developer, I'll bet you, Maverick, I know for a fact that seventy percent of those people are Java developers. Yeah. But what it does for you is this: now you can say, "Hi, so and so." You do your email and say, and say, and say, "I was spoke to John Doe, and um, notice that you're connected, John. Doe, you know, so now you have that into them because they know you're connected, they know you spoke to them, blah blah blah. And as long as you don't offend them and they're good about it." It's not a big deal. If they recommend them, obviously you're going to make them. Hey, I got yours from John Doe, and John Doe said you're all that in the bag of donuts. Um, yeah, so there's levels of win, and you need to understand that it's not. I know managers and recruiters out there who think if that person's not interested, that was a wasted email. No, it's not. It depends on what else you get out of it. You should always get one of those three. I honestly have to say, to my knowledge, in the past five years, when I send emails, because I don't do a lot of it anymore, but when I have, 99% of the time I get one of those three. And the and the 1% I don't, I hear nothing, and I usually find out there's a reason somewhere down the line, like they're retired, they're dead. Uh, <laughs> there's a reason. But 99% of the time I get something, and that's all I that's all I want to get. The other thing I'll remind everybody, 95% of all candidates are going to look at your social footprint and your companies. If they get 40 emails a week and 39 of them barely have a profile out there and may have five connections on LinkedIn and they get one from somebody who has 20,000 connections on LinkedIn, who do you think they're replying to? The person that can do the most good for them. And it ain't the person with five connections. It's the person with 20,000 or 17,000 or whatever. All day long. All day long. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some questions coming in here. Uh, let's see. Misa like questions. Misa like questions too. Yeah, that's my jaw drop Binks imitation. <laughs> uh, a couple of these we've answered. Um, I'll ask them again. Maybe I'll come up with a new answer. You'd be surprised what I have sitting around. Well, here, here's one that's that I'm sure will stir you up. What do you recommend to use for an applicant applicant program for applicant tracking, applying and tracking? What's your recommendation in the ATS space? That's from uh, Sophia. How big is your organization is the first question because how big your organization is, your security requirements are all going to play a part in this. ATS CRM for me, I love Luxo. For small, medium-sized companies, it's incredible. What did you say? L-U-X-O. L-O-X-O, actually. And it's good. It's simple. It has an AI sourcing function as well. It enhances information, which means if you stick names in there and where they work it'll go out and find work emails home emails phone numbers all that you can it has a communication platform you can 
import large quantities of people, export large quantities of people. You can do it's it's really cool and it's really reasonably priced. Um, and so I like Luxo for small to medium sized companies. Um, if it's a larger size company, I don't tend to dabble because there are too many um, um, outliers to worry about. Corporate security um, agreements already put in place. Um, how, what else do you want it to do besides just being ATS? Do you want it to be a full a sourcing tool as well as an ATS? So have the capability to grab resumes and bring them in. It's just too many permutations for larger companies. Um, but small to medium, Luxo is really, 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 really good. Um, okay. And Sophia, one more question I'll ask here. She said, what's your recommendation how to recruit for a really hard to fill position? We've already used radio, Craigslist, and Facebook. Okay. Can I, can I, what position would help? If you're looking for a, you know, if you're looking for a um, biotech scientist, I'm not going to tell you. It's, it's a different place to go than if you're looking for a data scientist. Um, job, you know. So, what kind? Give me an idea of the position, and I'll give you some ideas about where to go look. That's yeah. the best way to put it. And Sophia, I can tell you, we'll we'll actually have some extra questions after the show so that we can uh, get you a little bit more in depth. Hey, Sophia, Sophia, you're a recruiter, so finding my email should be real easy for you. Trust me. Email me, and um, I will arrange some time next week, and you and I will get on a call, and I'll we'll work through, and I'll help you find. I'll show you how to find the people. If I have to share my screen, I can do that. A little you know, self-promotion too. If you go there to recruitingwebinars.com and go to recruitingwebinars.com, we have all the webinars we've ever uh, hosted uh, listed there, and yep. and you'll see every tool he's ever poured through. Exhaustively, he just did a webinar for us this week, where he actually uh, went through Loxo and showed us the tool and how it works, right? Yeah. I sure I talked a lot about it and about seven or eight other tools. Yeah. Well please keep in mind and and, and also they uh, recruiting daily has been in the recruiting tool section has been posting videos of different tools that I've recommended as well. Um, so there's that there as well. And keep in mind uh, if you add all those tools I've talked about and I've done videos of, that's probably only ten percent of the tools I know. So we're going to get through them all eventually, but it's going to take a long time. <laughs> Christy Lee uh, sent a question, and she said, you mentioned um, two or three tools on the webinar that you didn't get to, and she's here to hear what those were. Do you remember what they were? <laughs> I'm lucky I remember yesterday, and you wanted me to remember what they were. Okay, I'm going to take some guesses at what I think they were. One was Glance. Glance is a literally – about a two-week-old tool. It has a um, extension plus its own website, and it is. It was created by a guy named Kristen Cameron, who's actually a recruiter who can program like me. Um, and I've been helping with it since the beginning of time, two weeks. And uh, it's really cool in what it does. So, it's one of the only tools I know that if you put in the first name, last name, and the company they work at, it cross-correlates all of that information for you. Hmm. And what it does is it will come back, and as a matter of fact, it's funny because I actually have it up here. It will come back with this. It will come back, obviously, the name, their title, their company. It will come back with their email address, work and personal if they can find it. It will come back with a list of all the other social sites that person's listed on. It will also tell you some quick tips on how to engage with that person. What style of communication works, emailing tips. Example, this particular person, Giovanna. I'm not mentioning Tedorophic. This person is result-driven and will often respond to a persuasive tactic for pursuing their goal in hand. Now, you're probably wondering how good is that? Well, I did myself, and it was 100% accurate. It basically said this person 
is a no-nonsense, straight-up person, don't mince words, just say what you want and be done with it. And that's 100% correct for me. I don't like jibber-jabbing for the sake of jibber-jabbing. That's talking for those of you that are not old enough to remember what jibber-jabbing is. Um, so, but I also looked up a few people I know personally, and they were very accurate. So we'll give you some tips on how to email them and how to communicate with them, which will come in really handy. As far as the Chrome extension part, it's real simple. If you uh, go on to anything on LinkedIn for now, but eventually it's going to add other social sites, it will basically grab that person's name and their uh, where they work, bring it over to the to the site, and then literally within a few seconds, you'll have all the same information. And what I like about it is because it's using work information to find personal information. Most of the sites out there need your per personal email to find you more or something like that. This actually cross-correlates. And of course, you can download everybody, upload people, whatever. Eventually, there'll be a way where you could just upload a list of people, first name, last name, and company, and come back and they'll find all this info for you, and then you just download it. When you download it, you get email, you get their social sites they're on, you get everything. For those of us that are social detectives, which is what any sourcer should be, those social sites are gold because that's where your breadcrumbs are going to lead you to everything you want to know. And I say that because I actually used this tool not too long ago, last week actually, since it hasn't been around that long, because I had a name of somebody that worked at a company and that's it. And no, I couldn't find info on them anywhere quickly. I, if I dug it and did my little uh, ethical hacking tools, I easily could have found it, but it would have taken me longer. So I said, you know, I'm going to see what I can do. I stuck, for, stuck it in there. It came back I'm like, ooh, look at this. Downloaded them like I had his Facebook page, which interesting. I found out why I couldn't find it. I forgot his LinkedIn page. Found out why you couldn't find that. That's because it doesn't exist on LinkedIn anymore. But it still found it by using the Wayback Machine to find it, and it found me a bunch of other info on him. And I just followed the dots, and within about four clicks on different sites, I had other information on him that I needed to have to ascertain whether or not he was a good fit. Get his personal email. It was just great. Um, so it's a really cool tool. That's one tool I didn't get to. Um, seek out. I don't remember if I got to seek out or not. So if I did, just tell me, Dean. I already heard that one. Seek out's a great tool for those of you that are frustrated or anti the L word. Um, and if you don't know what that means, just say what's the L word, Dean, and I'll say it and hope we don't get in trouble. It's a great site because they have what they've done is they've okay. gone ahead for free through public information got the information from all the US-based public link L profiles, LinkedIn, we'll say it, screw up, LinkedIn profiles, enhanced it so you get more than what LinkedIn has, and created a database with 103.8 million people. And the search criteria is far greater than what LinkedIn Recruiter has. You can pick who you want, stick them in a folder, get per emails, and download them to a CSV, do whatever you want with them. And it's and they're moving to other sites too. I think next they're going to do GitHub and they're moving up. But here's the thing. You're probably saying 103.8, but LinkedIn has 500 million people. LinkedIn's nose is probably a mile long because they're full of beans and molasses. And they know it. They've got 500 million people. In the last user agreement, they admitted to allowing and creating fake profiles. It's estimated on the low side 20% of them are fake. That means you're down to 400 million. It's estimated, again, that at least 20% of the people have more than one profile. I know a guy that's got five LinkedIn profiles. Not supposed to be able to, but he does, and I know a lot of people that do. So it's estimated 20 are duplicate profiles. So now you're down to approximately 320 million. Another estimation of anywhere between 15 and 25, because I really don't know for sure. So I'm going to hit 20 again, because one, I like the number. It's in the middle, whatever. Don't have enough information to know what the heck's going on. So now you're down to approximately 240 million. Half of those are out of the U.S. Now you're down to 120 million, and we haven't even gotten to the 10% that 
are either retired, dead, yes, there are people on LinkedIn who are dead, and or are private, so you can't see them even if you're in LinkedIn Recruiter. No, don't let them kid you. You can see everybody in LinkedIn Recruiter. You can't. The most you can see is 80% of the people. And if they're private, you can't see them mm -hmm. unless they allow it. So now you're down to about 105, 106 million. They've got 103.8 and growing. And they're significantly cheaper than LinkedIn. In fact, you combine them, and I hope I'm okay with saying what I'm about to say, with Data Miner, with a tool called Twofer, and with um, HireTool. That's kind of like my like my, my four tool. If that's if I can't have nothing else, those are it. There are other tools I like. This tool Glance, I love it. I would add it. But I'm saying somebody asked me my four tools, so I gave them four. If they give me six, I can name two more. Gla Glance is really good. Um, Contact Out is good. Namir is good. Jobjet is really good. I actually been impressed with Signal Hire is really good. I just found five more new tools last night at 2 a.m. because I was bored out of my mind. Uh, <laughs> but I'm not going to talk about them yet until I play with them and see if they're really any good. So, the segue you a little bit because that's all excellent. That's people are asking questions right around all that, trying to find out you know, what. Let's what go. Are, your new tools and your hammer in the list. What what is the what do you think that and we're we're almost bumping against the clock here. Don't forget this is a half hour show. But what would you say is the uh, we number always, one? We I always mean, bump against the clock, and we always we, and we and I get emails saying can it be an hour? I don't care. I can stay on. We'll we'll list these tools for you guys and send them out so you can have them. You know, don't don't worry if you're not getting the notes down on them. And I, I actually, so Dean, let's just go through those one more time. You said your your favorite is. Favorite. My favorite, my top four. I'm not gonna say my favorites because I got others I really like too. But if I can only have four tools: hire a tool, data miner, seek out, twofer. And the re and the and twofer is an email finding tool, but it's extremely cheap. Less, it's like less than one cent an email, and it's really good. And you don't need a lot of information. Just first name, last name, company, and it can find the rest. So let me tell you my methodology, how what's I do this. The, what's the URL for Glance? People are asking. Oh. Um, you can find it in the Chrome store. Uh, let's see. It's beta.glance.ai. Yeah, beta.glance.ai. And if that doesn't work, email me, and I'll send you the direct link directly. But you should be able to find it in the Chrome store, Glance, and it'll take you to the page. So either way, you're good. So methodology time so you guys understand how I do all this. Search and, If I want to target LinkedIn, I search and seek out. I get the results, download them. Any emails it doesn't find, it downloads their public LinkedIn URL. So I stick it into HireTool. HireTool will go out and find what it can find. I combine the list. Whatever emails it doesn't find, I take first name, last name, and company, and I stick it into Twofer. Twofer will find work emails. Then I take those out, stick them in a thing, and if I want more information about them, I use Glance to go ahead and do it. But if I don't, I'm good to go. I don't. It doesn't matter because I've got emails for everybody. Now. Where does data miner fit in? Data miner doesn't fit in for that scenario. Where data miner does fit in is when you're on a site and there's a bunch of speakers and it lists first name, last name, and where they work. You could scrape it with data miner. You could stick that into uh, 2.4, get their work emails. You could stick that work emails into HireTool to get more in information. And if that doesn't work, you stick it into Glance, which gets you information because it does it based on where you And then you combine them. Now, it's, you're probably wondering, that sounds like a lot of work. And it takes a long time. No, I did. I just did one yesterday for 500 people. My hands-on work was less than five minutes. Less than five minutes for 500 people. 
because once I uploaded, I just did something else. It got, I got an email saying it's done. I went back and pulled it and combined them, which takes no time at all. It's Excel. Give me a break. Um, I mean, it literally takes no time, and that's why that's the methodology. It's real simple. You find them, you scrape it, you enhance to get more information. That's it. Simple methodology. What's the big 2018 Dean tool thing coming? What's happening for 2018? I, other than more AI tools, which is everybody's trying to do that, I think what we're going to see is we're going to see a lot of copycats. Matter of fact, I already have seen some copycats. I've already heard about some copycats. Um, finding contact information is really is is probably the second biggest thing behind actually finding the people. So there's going to be more and more contact finding tools out there. Matter of fact, uh, the tools I found last night, three of them were contact finding. I just don't know how good they are yet. I'm still playing with them. So that's going to be the biggie. Um, you're going to see a lot of things like Facebook and others trying to come up with something to compete with LinkedIn because it's LinkedIn. Uh, yeah, and then um, probably going to see more an updated results of the lawsuit with LinkedIn from that one scrape company. Mm -hmm. um, and I think you're going to see a lot of enhancements. Like I know HireTools got a lot of really great enhancements coming to augment what they're already doing. I know Seekout's planning on doing a bunch. Um, I know Luxo's planning on doing a bunch. Um, so I think you're going to see, unlike the bigger tools that have been around forever, who are where they're at and they're kind of staying stagnant or they're just changing the way they, they do something they already do, you're going to see a lot of tools add and, in, and enhance what they do. Like LinkedIn, to be honest, most of the updates they did off their last thing was nothing new. They just changed how they did it and what they called it and charged more and gave you less. But these other tools, they're looking to actually get better. Like I already know that Glance, he plans on enlarging what its capabilities tremendously over the next six months. Okay. Good stuff. Thank you. We're, we're bumping towards the end here. Um, I just want to say, that, uh, well, um, Gavin, where are you going to be next? What's your next uh, event you're going to be talking about? Uh, next conference is, not counting the webinar, webinars and stuff, it's going to be SourceCon the end of February in Las Vegas. You guys really, really, really don't want to miss that because I'm going to show you two tools that one, that I call one of them the answer. It's the answer to any problem you got. Right. It can it can find anything on anyone. <laughs> That's a great lead in and uh, um, definitely I know I'm pretty sure we'll be there. Uh, we were at the last one and uh, at least at least one of us or two of us will be there. Good. Uh, we had we just had our yesterday we were at Recruit DC uh, yep. with some Good friends down there. We had our HRTX Human Resource Technology Experience event in Los Angeles. Next Thursday is our HRTX San Francisco, which is uh, we're actually bursting out of the room on that one. And cool. then uh, looking at uh, HRTX 2018, we have some new events we're going to try to launch next year too. And uh, we want to get up there to you also in Seattle. Try to do an event with you. Yeah, just let me know. I get the Sourcing Seven involved, and we can make it happen. Awesome. All right. Uh, Dean, always awesome having you. I know there's questions. There's still some questions coming in. I'll forward them off to you. I'll make sure everybody gets all the answers they're looking for. If you have anything, yep. uh, just send it. You can send it to me directly, Noel at RecruitingDaily.com. Uh, send it to Dean. He's very easy to find. And uh, you know, join us uh, for our next recruiting live next Friday, same time. Much appreciated, Dean. All right, no problem. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. All right, take care, everybody.